Friday night, 6 p.m. You're tuned in to Louie Live. I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live. We're going to start the show off with a little Aerosmith and a song called Combination off The Rock's album.
and that was the greatest band in the world, Aerosmith, with their front man, Mr. Steven Tyler. These guys are all 70 years old and they're still out there kicking butt. And they say that ACDC is going back on tour with Brian Johnson. It's a rumor. It's a positive step. Hopefully he doesn't lose all of his hearing. But that's the way he wants it. It's the way he gets it, right? So my name is Louie. I'm the host of the show called Louie Live. You can also look me up on Facebook. Join my group called Louie Live. Good place to showcase your music. If you ever want to come on the show, just give me a holler. We'll set you up. Right here in Burlington, Vermont. So, my show is music and talk radio. I play mostly classic rock. And one thing you need to do is get yourself a very good quality stereo. Something that can play very loud music. And the clarity is there, because that's the key word, folks, clarity. You can have a loud stereo, but you don't want distortion. Quality music, that's what we play. And I also read articles that I see on social media about local news, national news, worldly news. It's my independent point of view. This isn't a news show read news articles but it's mostly an opinion show kind of like what you see on cable television I like to start out with local news and kind of branch out we end up going around the world we end up political we'll get to uh, Donald Trump and the Republicans and the Democrats and the war that rages on day after day 24-7 it's always a war of the Republicans against the Democrats or the Democrats against the Republicans depending who's sitting in the presidential office. It's never about the constituents. You know, the people that put them there, the people that actually deserve to be considered, the people, you know, that pay their salaries with their taxes. And you're kind of hoping that maybe some of that taxes comes back to your state and they can put it into repairing your roads and repairing your schools and whatnot. But it's never like that, folks. It's like a football game. It's the Democrats against Republicans. Who's going to impeach who? You think people would get really tired of it after a while and say, hey, you know, we're tired of all this impeachment talk, whether you're trying to impeach Obama or whether you're trying to impeach George W. Bush or Donald Trump, wherever the next president's going to be 10 years down the road, that's all it ever is. You know, it's not hard to be a congressperson or a senator. All you have to do once in a while is step up to the microphones or the cameras and say, I really hate that person that's sitting in the presidential office, and I think we ought to impeach that person. And then people go into a rageful fit. The war goes on. All you have to do is go back to your office, read some emails, go to lunch, go play golf, go do whatever you want to do. 
terrible thing. And I don't think it's ever going to get any better either. So I'll start off with something I read here on the local level. And it says, the push to rebrand Burlington to attract tourists. Because that's what it's all about, bringing in money, folks. Said it's all about the branding and getting people to spend their money in Burlington. So some are asking a question, how do you see the Queen City, Burlington? It's not the capital of Vermont, but it is considered the Queen City. And they're asking, how do you see it? So a group of Burlington hotel owners and Lake Champlain Regional Chamber of Commerce are kicking off a new tourism campaign. And they hope to brand Burlington the same way other New England cities like Portland have done. So it says they're pushing to bring tourism dollars to the area. And they want you to go watch a video of the full interview on Seven Days website, I believe it is. Doesn't say anything else. Doesn't ask the main questions a reporter should ask, like who, what, when, where, why, and how. None of that. This is a article with some reporting that could have been done by a third grader. But the question is, how do you see the Queen City? I don't think they want to ask me how I see the Queen City because as I've always said, Burlington is the largest city in Vermont. They say that Rutland is. Maybe Rutland is land-wise, but as far as business-wise and as far as having something to do that draws tourists, Burlington is definitely the city because we have Lake Champlain. Beautiful Lake Champlain. And last year I sat here on this radio show and it seems like every week I was reading an article about how the sewage plants overflowed due to rain. And at any given time I would read an article saying how the city of Burlington dumped several million gallons of raw sewage into Lake Champlain. Or could it be the city of Winooski dumped 2 million gallons of raw sewage into Lake Champlain. Or it could be St. Albans, or Allsburg, or Swanton. And on and on and on. Basically, any city in the state of Vermont, it seems like at any given time, is dumping raw sewage into the rivers, which end up into our lakes, and our biggest lake is Lake Champlain. From what I estimated, the articles that I read last year, approximately 100 million gallons. That's right, folks. Approximately 100 million gallons of raw sewage overflowed from the sewage treatment plants in Vermont and went into the rivers and into the lakes and mostly Lake Champlain. And before, they never had to tell you. They would just say, North Beach is closed due to fecal chloroform. Sounds nice. It's politically correct. But they passed a law saying now they have to say, 
where it came from, such as the Burlington Waste Treatment Plant. They have to tell you how much, as in 11 million gallons of raw sewage dumped into Lake Champlain. You know, I didn't think that there is any city in the state of Vermont capable of holding 11 million gallons of raw sewage. And you have to ask yourself, how long would it take for, let's say, 1 million gallons of raw sewage to overflow the sewage tanks and dump into the rivers and into Lake Champlain? How long? How long would it take a million gallons to dump? Because what they used to tell you before was, well, they dumped 2 billion gallons of raw sewage into the river that went into Lake Champlain because somebody pressed the wrong button and opened the gates and dumped the sewage. Well, you know, folks, this is the 21st century and we have computers running just about everything. And I think it would be probably a complex thing to open the gates to dump a million gallons of raw sewage into the river. I don't think you could just hit the wrong button and dump one million gallons of raw sewage. And if you did, if it was that simple, I think just maybe there would be a warning alarm that would be flashing, or maybe a siren would be going off. Boop, 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 boop. Attention, raw sewage is dumping. Raw sewage is dumping. Something like that, right? It's not much to ask for. They must have something like that attached to the system to warn you that you pressed the wrong button and now raw sewage is dumping from the tanks into the river, which is going to end up in the Lake Champlain. And then you would say, oh, I guess I'm going to wake up from my coma here and press the button again to shut it off. Close the gate that's dumping the raw sewage. I'm not buying this malarkey that they're telling us, folks. That is the budwars of the day, malarkey. Thanks to creepy Joe Biden that's running for president on the Democrat ticket. Malarkey, that's one of his words from back in probably the 60s, I would believe. That's something about the Democrats. They all have the buzzword of the day. They must go to their office, turn on their email, probably don't even go to the office. They just read the email on their iPhone. And it says, the word of the day is malarkey. So you turn on CNN, MSNBC, NBC, and all of the other liberal-based evil media channels. And every one of them has got the word malarkey coming out of their mouth for the day. Just like as we've seen before, they're trying to impeach President Donald Trump. And they say, well, do you have any evidence? And they say, no, we don't have any evidence, but there's a lot of smoke. A lot of smoke. Isn't that something, folks? You want to impeach the President of the United States 
with absolutely no evidence after searching under every rock on the planet Earth and you find nothing. You've had every lawyer on the planet that hates Donald Trump research over one million documents looking for anything, absolutely anything to impeach President Donald Trump and remove him from office. But there's nothing. And then you pay these women to come forward and accuse him of sexual assault like Stormy Daniels. And now there's articles all over the news media saying that she never had a relationship with President Donald Trump. It was all a lie. And now the media won't give her the time of day. And her sleazy lawyer is in jail. You can see the pattern here, folks. It's not good. That's why an independent such as myself could never even begin to consider voting for a Democrat because they're just not giving me anything. You know, all they're giving me is hatred. You know, and when you turn on NBC, MSNBC, CNN, and they're all using the buzzword for the day, smoke. And they're all saying the same thing. Is there any evidence to impeach the President of the United States and remove him from power? Uh, no, there's no evidence, but there's a lot of smoke. And we're going to keep looking. At the taxpayer's expense, unlimited tax dollars to keep having meetings. Where are these meetings? Really nice hotels with conference centers where you're going in there eating surf and turf at the taxpayer's expense. Could be any worse. You see right now, Nancy Pelosi has the squad, as they're called. They're touring Europe. They're staying in five-star hotels. They're drinking champagne and eating caviar, all at taxpayer's expense. Some of these new members of Congress I call them radicalized Muslims because that's exactly what they are. You've got one born in the United States, but in her office she's removed the American flags and she's standing in front of a Palestinian flag. Her parents are from that area. She was born here, but she very clearly is not representing the United States of America and she's not assimilating. She took her oath of office and one of the first words out of her mouth is that we're going to impeach this mother effer. That's a really respect to the United States. As far as I'm concerned, if she was any other country, she'd have been thrown right in jail. Maybe executed, maybe exiled. But she definitely wouldn't be a member of Congress. 
at the other one, Ilhan Omar. She's a refugee. You know, managed to uh, use my tax dollars to bring her over here to the United States. Her parents were on welfare, receiving assistance, getting free room and board at my expense, medical, dental, put them through school, all at my taxpayer's expense. She gets voted in office because President Obama located, I believe it was 90,000 Somalians, refugees to that area, and her family lied on the application to get here. And then she married her brother so he could come to the United States, which is uh, number one, illegal, number two, incest. And they should revoke their citizenship and exile them from this great country of ours. Because now that she's a member of Congress, all she does is criticize the United States. You know, the country that brought her here and her family from a devastated, war-torn country, third world country. Yeah. She definitely doesn't want to assimilate. And she even tells people of the Muslim faith to give Americans a hard time. Just like Maxine Waters, Congresswoman of California says, whenever you see Donald Trump or his supporters or voters, get up in their face, surround them, give them a hard time. Seems to me like that's treason. You know, these women are all over in the middle of uh, Europe right now. Nancy Pelosi, all of them, I think what they should do is rip up their passports and say, guess what? We've had enough of your BS. You act like you hate America. You talk as if you hate America and its people, the people that are paying your salaries, the people that are putting you on the plane and sending you over to tour Europe at our expense. We don't want you here anymore. We've decided that we're going to tear up your passports and you can just stay over there. And you can all go back to your countries. You can go back to Somalia. You can run for office over there. Women aren't allowed to speak over there, folks. You know, they would just, I don't even want to say it, you know. It wouldn't be a good ending for them. You know, how can you escape from a country that rapes, tortures, kills people, beheads them, lights them on fire, does the most evil things to a person he could think of, you know? We bring you over here to get you away from that. And then once you come over here, you criticize the United States and you're trying to turn things over here the way things were where you escaped from. You know, folks, like I say, if our founding fathers were here, they would march all of these people out onto the lawn of the White House and hang them for treason. I don't even know if they would waste a bullet on them, put them in front of the firing squad. 
It's how some countries are, folks. If they do you in, they do it with a knife because they won't waste a bullet on you. So, that's how the show is starting out today. <laughs> Hope you're enjoying it so far. Going to go to another song here. And this is by Muse. It's called Time is Running Out.
All right, that was Muse with a song called Time Is Running Out. So, as I started the show off, I read an article about Burlington, Vermont, the Queen City, rebranding itself. And it said, basically, what do you think? And I read these articles about how last year on the show, the articles that I read, approximately 100 million gallons. That's not a mistake, folks. 100 million gallons approximately were dumped into the rivers and the lakes, mostly Lake Champlain and Burlington, Vermont, the Queen City. What do I think about that? I don't think it's good at all. Matter of fact, I'll let you in on a little secret. I own a lot of dot-coms. One I recently purchased was www.shitplain.com. Lakeshipplane.com. Seems appropriate coinciding with all the articles I read and you read about approximately 100 million gallons of raw sewage being dumped into Lake Champlain, our jewel. So I've decided I'm going to be building a website called www.lakeshipplane.com and I'm going to be adding these articles and you can all go there and read send me some articles and I'll add them too we'll bring it to the people's attention as I said I'm 60 years old I'm originally from Barrie I've been living in Burlington since 1980 and of all those years I don't recall ever reading that any of these sewage treatment plants have expanded. You know, there's thousands and thousands of more people that have moved into the city of Burlington and surrounding cities. A lot of people have moved into the state of Vermont. And I don't recall reading any articles anywhere about any of the sewage treatment plants expanding. But I hear a lot of articles about people like Congressman Pat Leahy bring in $70 million one time back to the state of Vermont to help clean up Lake Champlain. Well, what happened? Has the lake been cleaned up? No. Is it any cleaner? No. I've read articles saying that Lake Champlain was considered more dead than Lake Erie ever was. So I'm thinking, what happened to that $70 million that Patrick Leahy brought home to clean up Lake Champlain? And you can't really call it home, folks, because according to Seven Days newspaper, they did an article saying that in 1978, Senator Patrick Leahy bought a house in Virginia. Now it's worth a couple million dollars, I guess. But he claims residency there, too, since 1978. 
talking like, what is that, like 41 years he's been claiming residency in the state of Virginia and not Vermont. You know, the Vermont taxpayers are paying him and his administration to represent Vermont, but he resides in Virginia. That's totally illegal. According to the state of Vermont, if you're going to hold public office in Vermont, you have to reside in the state of Vermont for over six months out of the year. People know this. Why is he allowed to continue to represent the state of Vermont when he's a resident of Virginia? Why hasn't he run for senator of Virginia? Why hasn't he been removed from power if this article that was written by Seven Days Newspaper is correct? I don't know, but like I said, I recall reading one time that Senator Patrick Leahy brought home $70 million to the state of Vermont to help clean up the lake. And where did the money go? I don't know. Folks, I'm not a rocket scientist, but I'm thinking they built the Echo Center on Lake Champlain. And on the side of the building is the name of Senator Patrick Leahy and his wife, Marcel. And according to tradition, whenever a politician dies, whether it be a governor, a senator, a president, after they die, they'll put that person's name on the side of a building, but not usually until they die. And I don't recall ever seeing a building with a politician's name on the side and his wife. His wife's not a politician. You know, what has she ever done to deserve to put her name on the side of a building? But, like I said, folks, this is an opinion show. That's my opinion. And I'm just thinking, well, I don't know, but $70 million he brought home sure didn't go into cleaning up the lake. But we did get an echo center. I don't know where that money came from to build it. And to put Senator Patrick Leahy and his wife Marcel's name on the side. I don't know. My teachers used to say when I was younger, Louie, you need to pay attention. Because one of these days, you're going to have to do the math. And folks, maybe you should do the math and just think about that. But, like I said, now, after reading all these articles about approximately 100 million gallons of raw sewage being dumped into the rivers and into going into our jewel of Vermont, Lake Champlain. Now I'm reading this article. Storm is blamed for Burlington oil spill. And I'm like, what's up with that, huh? Bad enough for not dumping raw sewage into the lake. Now we got oil spill also. It says a neighborhood in Burlington is dealing with an oil spill that may be related to a weekend storm. It happened on North Avenue at Lender Street near the entrance of Letty Park. Public Works say they got the call and are looking into the mess. They say there may have been oil in the storm drain. Hmm, how did that get there? Public Works has already requested a cleanup in the area. 
Neighbor Caroline Smith says she smelled it the moment she got out of her car. She says, I had to take the dog out right after, so I was trying to keep him away from it because it was really strong. The odor she's talking about, the oil in the storm drain, she's thinking. She says, I didn't want it to affect him. Well, of course not, because dogs are a man's best friend and woman too. Some cultures don't like dogs. And I've read articles about that here too. And if you come to the United States and you don't like dogs, you don't like cats, well, in the words of President Donald Trump, folks, go home. Because we don't want you here. If you don't like dogs and cats, go back to where you come from. There's approximately 70 million dogs in the United States. And when I say that, I think I'm pretty much speaking for 70 million people. You don't like our dogs? Go back to where you come from. You don't like our cats? Go back to where you come from. That's what I like about President Donald Trump. This guy speaks from his mind, you know what I'm saying? Shoots from the hip. He's not a politician. He's never claimed to be a politician. He's an independent like myself, tired of seeing things going wrong in this country. It's time for the people to put patriotism first. You know, these people that say, you know, Donald Trump says he's a nationalist. And if you look in the dictionary, or you can Google it, you know, a nationalist is somebody that loves their country. Somebody is proud of their nation. But then you get these warped individuals that'll say, oh my God, he's a nationalist. Isn't those same people as the Supremes, as the skinheads, the white supremacists? Spread that hatred, folks. Keep on spreading it, you know, and it's going to be the end of the Democrat Party. You know, after watching the debate for the last couple of nights, I'd say they pretty much drove the last nail into the coffin. But back to this article. This woman got her dog out of the car because she didn't want it to affect him. This Caroline Smith. Very smart thinking. So, but she said it was some kind of chemically a smell. It was really weird, Smith said. So the Department of Public Works says they think it may have happened because of the storm over the weekend. What may have happened? That's the question. You know, where's the reporter going with this besides nowheres? You know, do these people actually go to school to learn reporting? They don't ask nothing in any of these articles that I've read so far. Who, what, when, where, why, and the big age, how. That's what reporting used to be all about. Five W's and the big H. And I ain't talking about that big H stuff. They're smuggling across the borders. And speaking about smuggling across the borders, you can go on YouTube and you can see that Nancy Pelosi's family has a history of smuggling hardcore drugs across the border. That's another article. But like I said, the public work says they think it might have happened because of the storm over the weekend. They're looking into monitoring the area in case it happens again. Well, 
you're not going to have oil in the storm drains because of a storm that happened over the weekend. You're going to have oil in the storm drains because of an oil leak somewhere. Hello? You know, don't these people have any common sense? How dumb do they think that we are? Uh, it's raining and there should be water in the storm drains, but there's oil in the storm drains. I'm assuming there's an oil leak somewhere and they should get on it, find it, shut it off, clean up the oil that's in the storm drains. But instead, they're talking to a reporter and they're saying, oh, we think there's oil in the storm drains because of a storm this weekend. And the reporter's like, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, I get it, okay, I'll just print that. <laughs> yeah, that's the world we're living in, folks. <sighs> let's move on. <laughs> Maybe we should go to a song here. All right, let's go to a song. We're going to go to a song by Thin Lizzy. And this is called Jailbreak. And remember, you're listening to Louie Live, and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live. And if you got a good stereo, you're going to want to crank that up. Here we go.
and that was Jailbreak by Thin Lizzy. I tell you folks, the walls are bouncing here in the booth. I think I lost about 10% of my hearing on that song. <laughs> There's one radio station that says, if you still got part of your hearing, then you can still turn it up louder, right? Okay, so I'm going to read one more article pertaining to E. coli, right? Then we're going to move on, definitely. Going to go to some national issues, political issues, stuff around the world. I used to have a show on public television about 100 years ago, seems like, called Lou the Cowman. It was a lot of live calling show. And I used to say that college was going to ruin this country. Education is going to be the end of us all. And after reading these articles, folks, I think you can see what I'm getting to. Just check this one out right here. It says, high E. coli levels close Indian Brook Reservoir. We're going to see if we're going to get the who, what, when, where, why, and how out of this article. All right, so pay attention. Okay, a popular swimming spot in Essex, Vermont, is closed because of high E. coli levels. The town, on Wednesday, a couple days ago, notified the public that the water at Indian Brook Reservoir is off-limits for people and pets. The town took new samples Wednesday and is waiting to hear back from the health department. Once the E. coli levels come back down, swimming and boating can resume. The walking paths at the town park are still open. Well, that's nice to know. Does it say where this E. coli is coming from? How did it get in the Indian Brook Reservoir? How did they solve the problem? Is it going to be remedied in the future? I could go on and on and on, folks, but this is reporting at its best in the 21st century. You've got approximately 100 million gallons of raw sewage dumping into the rivers and Lake Champlain. You've got oil, for crying out loud, in the storm drains. And nobody's asking where it's coming from. Is it going to continue to be in the storm drains? Is it going to go into our drinking water? The water that our children swim in. The water that we bathe in. The water that we drink out of our faucets. Is it going to be remedied? Where is it coming from? How much is it going to cost? Who's responsible for this? It's like I said. You don't have to go to college to be a reporter nowadays. You could climb out from under a rock as I speak and run for political office. And all you got to do is walk up to the camera once in a while and say, uh, Donald Trump, the president, we're going to impeach that mother effer. And all of a sudden you're a celebrity. And people are saying you should run for president yourself. You're the head of the Democrat Party. Even though you removed 
the American flags from your office and you got pictures on Facebook of yourself standing in front of the Palestinian flag. And these new members of Congress, these women of color, these women of Muslim faith, the faith of love and peace, so I'm told, we brought some of these people over here. And some were born here. But you would never know it. Because they even say that Muslims shouldn't assimilate. I believe it was Ilhan Omar said that. She said that Muslims should rise up in jihad against the U.S. government. That is the highest form of treason, folks. You know, these people should be exiled from this great country of ours. You know, and when President Trump says you should go back to where you come from, if you're born here and you remove the flags from your office and put the Palestinian flag in your office and you take pictures of yourself standing there, you know, your parents might be from that area, you should all go back. You know, President Trump was exactly spot on. I think when people talk about harming the President of the United States and removing him from office, maybe you should get a visit from the Secret Service. And now that they're all overseas, living like royalty, whining and dining, staying in five-star hotels at taxpayers' expense, Maybe they should seriously consider ripping up their passports and saying, we've had enough of your BS and we don't want you back here. That's what I would advise President Trump to do and the FBI and the CIA and the Secret Service and all of those agencies that are supposed to be protecting the United States of America and its people. You know, the people that took a pledge against foreign and domestic terrorists like I did when I was in the military. This guy right here too. Governor Phil Scott of Vermont. Vermont, the self-proclaimed most liberal state in the United States. Over New York and California, if you can believe that. The self-proclaimed most liberal state in the United States, but we have a Republican governor. How does that happen? It's not possible. The Democrats in the state of Vermont folks have so much power that they can override the governor's veto power. I don't think that should be allowed seems unconstitutional that a party should have that much power. But they do. And no one's looking to change it, regardless of what party is in power. But Governor Phil Scott, he always opposes everything that President Donald Trump says. But this here, I couldn't believe this when I read it. Almost had a heart attack. Almost stroked out, folks says a spokesperson for Vermont Governor Phil Scott says he appreciates appreciates the Trump administration proposal 
that would allow Americans to legally and safely import lower-cost prescription drugs from Canada. You know, if these politicians are so educated and smart and savvy, why do we have to import cheaper drugs from Canada? You know, most of these politicians, folks, are Ivy League lawyers and Rhodes Scholars. But yeah, like I say, they don't accomplish nothing. They don't have to. And then when people are going without food because they need their medicine and vice versa, President Trump says, hey, I want to pass a law that says we can import cheaper drugs from Canada. Any Democrats giving them credit for that? You know, when you go to get your prescription and it's imported from Canada at a cheaper price and you're saving a little bit of money and maybe now you can afford to eat also, right? You ought to be thanking President Trump for that. I'm really shocked that Phil Scott, Governor of Vermont, Republican, governor of the most liberal state in the United States, said that he appreciates the Trump administration. So he didn't actually go crazy and say he appreciated Donald Trump. He said he appreciates the Trump administration. Says last year, Vermont Governor Scott signed what became the nation's first law that would allow importation of prescription drugs from Canada, but it needed federal approval. Well, he got it. I don't believe that Phil Scott was ever a Republican. He was the lieutenant governor when Peter Shumlin was the governor. He was a Democrat. So that's fitting. You've got the most liberal state in the country. You've got a Democrat governor, Peter Shumlin. So Phil Scott was his duty as a Republican to run against Peter Shumlin for governor. But he never did. They were buddy-buddy. You read these articles saying how Governor Shumlin was given Lieutenant Governor Scott contracts because he had a construction company, giving him contracts, and uh, he's a millionaire. You see where that's going, folks? Put two and two together. Do the math like my teacher used to tell me. So then, after Peter Shumlin stepped down from the governorship and retired, Then Phil Scott ran for governor. And the Democrats of the state voted him in. They didn't have any real Democrat candidates running for governor, which is kind of odd. You know, that person, regardless of who they were, would be a shoo-in. When you look at people like Ilhan Omar, right? Or Alexandria Cortez. When you look at two people like that, you know, Alexandria Cortez was a taco waitress, T-A-C-O, waitress. That's right, folks. 
not an Ivy League lawyer, not a Rhodes Scholar, not a business owner, a taco waitress. Threw her name in the ring, 15,000 people came out and vote. She won the election. So like I said, in the most self-proclaimed liberal state in the country, could launch anybody on the Democrat ticket and become the governor. So how the heck did Phil Scott, Republican, become the governor of the state of Vermont? So, it's Friday night. You're tuned in to Louie Live, and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live. We're going to go on with the second hour of the show. Where should we go? This is a pretty sad article right here. It says, according to this study, 30% of millennials can't afford a date. Can you imagine that? That's pretty bad. It says an old Beatles song said, Can't buy me love. That's become a modern day dilemma for many of the millennials who still living in their parents' basement, right? Even after they went out and got them and their folks about $100,000 in debt on their education. A lot of these people go to liberal art colleges making up their own path right? <laughs> Create your own degree. And you do. And you go in debt about $100,000 or more. Can't get a job because you created your own degree. And now you're living back at your parents' home. And it says, uh, according to the study, 30% of millennials can't afford a date. It's pretty bad. It says, basically, dating is just too expensive. That's partly because many of them are fighting an uphill battle financially, dealing with student debt, as I said, and the rising cost of living. Additionally, some experts told USA Today, courting rituals have changed. First dates have become more elaborate and potentially expensive. I don't know about more elaborate but definitely more expensive. That was another article that didn't really get into any depth. Didn't ask the questions, like I said, who, what, when, where, why, and how, but focused on the fact that millennials are in financial debt due to education. The cost of housing is ridiculous. That's why a lot of people are living at home some people are putting additions on their houses so their children can live with them until they die and then they'll inherit the house. It's pretty sad, isn't it? You know, when I was a kid, my dad would reach into his pocket and pull out a handful of change. And me and my two older brothers would go to the Paramount Movie Theater Barry and watch a movie on a Saturday afternoon and eat a box of popcorn and have a soda and maybe a chocolate bar. All from my dad pulling a handful of change out of his pocket. Nowadays, for instance, my wife and I can take our two granddaughters, which we have in the past, to the movie 
This was years ago. And by the time we pay to get into the movie and everybody gets a soda and a popcorn and a chocolate bar or whatever, you're talking about $100. Can you imagine that? We went from a handful of change to $100 for poor people to go to the movies. I mean, that's ridiculous. You'll watch on a TV and they'll say, well, the new Avengers movie opened last weekend and it made over a billion dollars. They'll say, well, the new Avengers movie has been out for like the last two or three months and they've made approximately almost $4 billion. Imagine that, $4 billion. I mean, how much money do these people have to make? That's just one movie. You shouldn't have to go broke going to see a movie, you know, that starts out nowadays with about 15 minutes worth of commercials. You're sitting there and you're basically being bombarded with a bunch of BS that they want you to see. And a lot of the commercials are local, about local businesses, shoe stores and whatnot. I already know about these places, folks. They've been here forever. I don't need to go to a movie and sit there for about 15 minutes watching commercials about shoe stores that are right down the road that everybody knows and they don't even need any advertising. It's just a waste of money. The Avengers has made close to $4 billion and it's only been out for, what, about a few months? That's insane. These people do not need that kind of money. You know, from what they said, Keanu Reeves, when he did the first Matrix movie, he took his money and he gave it to the people that did the special effects for that movie. And from what I read, they each received approximately two and a half million dollars given to them by Keanu Reeves. And they asked Keanu Reeves, they said, why did you do that? And he says, because I've got enough money to last me the next 10 generations. And I'm sure he does. And knowing that, folks, they should lower the price of admission to these movies. They should lower the price of the popcorn and the soda and the chocolate bars. I try not to go to the movies myself just for that reason. And due to the fact that a lot of these movies nowadays are not very good. And they're going to be on television in about a month or two. So why go drop $100 to see a movie on a scale of 1 to 10 is maybe a 6 or a 7. Don't waste your money, folks. Just wait. It's going to be on TV. And these movie stars, they have such an attitude. They live in mansions. They're driving Ferraris and Lamborghinis wearing million-dollar necklaces and stuff, have homes all over the world. They own their own islands. They have their own jets. And then 
they tell us that we have to cut back and reduce our carbon footprint. You have to go buy yourself a Prius or something like that, an electric vehicle, to reduce the carbon footprint and save Mother Nature. Meanwhile, all these people like Leonardo DiCaprio are jet-setting around the world. You know, these guys have yachts that are like 200 feet long, worth hundreds of millions of dollars. I wouldn't even want to know what it costs to fill one of those things up with fuel. I wouldn't even want to know the carbon footprint that they're creating. And yet, they fly around the world telling us that we have to reduce our carbon footprints. It's not right, folks. This article right here is kind of funny. It says that uh, the police body cam video shows an Oklahoma woman refusing to sign a ticket. And she was kicking the officer. Kicking the officer. Can you imagine that? So it says an Oklahoma woman was charged after a police officer's body cam video showed her getting aggressive when he issued her a ticket. 65-year-old woman getting aggressive with an officer over an $80 ticket. And the video shows the woman identified as 64-year-old Deborah Hamill refusing to sign the $80 ticket for a broken taillight. Okay. The incident happened on July 16th according to this Kansas City star. He says, you don't want to sign it, the officer asked Campbell. She said, no, because I don't think I deserve to pay $80, she says. Maybe he could have given her a warning. Maybe he had in the past. Maybe she had other things wrong with her car. And this was kind of like getting her off in an easy way. But the officer tells Hamill to get out of her truck, but she refuses. She said, you be fair to me and I'll be fair with you, she tells the officer. The officer again tells her to step out of the vehicle, telling her she's under arrest. But she again refuses, this time cursing at the police officer. <laughs> you know, folks, whether you're young or old or a man or a woman, the police officer are doing their job and when they ask you to do something, you have to comply. The officer continues telling her to step out. She says, shut up and give me that ticket and I will sign it. The video then shows Hamill driving away. The officer gets in his vehicle and pursues her on a short chase. Mrs. Hamill pulls over and the officer gets out of his vehicle and approaches her with his gun drawn, yelling at her to get out of the car. So the officer pulls her out of her truck and she tries to arrest her. And the video shows her kicking the officer in the groin, right? So then the officer shoots her with his stun gun when she refused to put her hands behind her back and then he finally arrests her. Well, you know, folks, like I said, whether you're young or old, a man or a woman, and when you kick a police officer in the groin, well, I think uh, definitely you're going to get tasered with a stun gun. Luckily, he didn't actually physically shoot her with his pistol. 
So he says, do you realize you just got yourself in a whole lot more trouble, the officer asked her. And while sitting in the back of the officer's cop, Miss Hamill tells him, yeah, I kicked you, but that's only because I'm a country girl. <laughs> yeah, well, folks, uh, if it was a man and he says, I kicked you in the groin because I'm a country boy, I'm pretty sure they would haul you into the police station and be beating on you with billy clubs. Have you ever noticed that whenever you see somebody on TV who was arrested by the police, it shows their mugshot. And pretty much 99% of the time, they have a black eye or a fat lip. You know the police officers gave them that for resisting arrest. <laughs> I don't know, folks. It's like that Eddie Murphy. No, no, it was uh, Chris Rock. Chris Rock has a video on YouTube, and it's all over the Internet, talking about some of the things you do not do or say when a police officer pulls you over. <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny. And, you know, some people say, well, I was pulled over because of racial profiling or whatever. But if you watch this video that Chris Rock has put out, I mean, regardless of who you are, it's like 10 things that you do not say or do when a police officer pulls you over. It's just common sense. That was pretty popular all over Facebook, but now it seems to disappear. They don't really discuss it now because it's not politically correct. Where do we go from there? Bernie Sanders defends Medicare for all on a CBS This Morning show. In his first network interview since the Democrat debate, he took part this past Tuesday he defended his Medicare for All health insurance plan on CBS this morning, pushing back against critics who say getting rid of the private health insurance market is bad. Well, it is definitely bad, folks. All of these Democrats, Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, they all want to get rid of all of the insurance companies in the United States. Blue Cross and Blue Shield, Cigna, Get rid of them all. They want every single person in this country, whether you are here legally or illegally, you will be covered by Medicare at the tune of $40 trillion, according to Kamala Harris. Some people say this plan would cost upwards of $100 trillion. Now, do the math, folks. Since the beginning of the United States of America, every single president, from George Washington to Abraham Lincoln to Obama, right up to Donald Trump, the deficit of the United States is approximately $20 trillion or more. Can you imagine that? $20 trillion. Not that long ago, when George W. Bush was a president, it was like the end of the world. Oh my God, back then we were in debt like, I don't know, like $16 trillion. It's the end of the world. What's he going to do? He can't pay the deficit down. He should be impeached. 
There's the word again. Then Obama takes over. Obama was handing out over $1 trillion a year with nothing to show for it. Mm -hmm. But nobody cared. The Democrats never said nothing. The evil media never said nothing. So now we're pushing $21 trillion in deficit from the day one founding of the United States of America until now, the year 2019. They don't really talk about that anymore because they're all pushing free health care. Medicare for all. Well, you know, folks, you can talk to anybody that has Medicare, people 65 and up, they will tell you that Medicare stinks, doesn't cover everything. A lot of doctors don't want to accept patients with Medicare. They have commercials all over the television, 24-7, saying how there's insurance companies now that will supplement your Medicare. So, you know, you're retired, you're living on a fixed income. Most people living on Social Security. And you're on Medicare. So, where are you going to get the money to supplement your insurance? Medicare, which stinks and most doctors don't want to accept. The Democrats don't talk about that. But they all believe in Medicare for everyone even for illegal immigrants. So at the debate the other night, former Vice President, creepy Joe Biden, he looks at Kamala Harris and he says, your Medicare for all plan is looking at 30 to $40 trillion. And he says to her, what is your plan to come up with that money? She has no plan. None of them ever have a plan. You know, these people are like the Pied Pipers of the naive and the gullible. You know, people are living lives of hardship. They're getting by paycheck to paycheck. It used to be in this country that you could get a job and start your head at the bottom and work your way to the top. The American dream was to get out of high school, get a good production job in a company, earning union dollars, getting good benefits. You could marry your high school sweetheart, buy a house, have a couple kids, get a dog, and live a comfortable life. And you know, on the weekends, maybe go fishing, go to a ball game, barbecue, wash your car, just sit on the porch, talk to the neighbors. That was the American dream. But now people figure, if for some reason you did not go to college, for some reason you did not figure a way to go to college to get an education, then you deserve to live the life of poverty. Yes, they do, folks. People do believe that. That is the new philosophy of the United States for the 21st century. And it's sad. Because now, as I've read these articles saying millennials cannot even afford to date. You know, you go out and eat dinner on a date with a tip, there's about $100, right? 
You go to the movies, a couple of people, get some popcorn and a soda, you're going to drop about 50 bucks. There's your paycheck. You know, if you're li I've been living, making minimum wage or whatever, there's your paycheck. You didn't even get any money to pay your rent. You can't afford a car. A lot of people don't have cable. It's expensive just to watch television. Myself, personally, we have Comcast. So we have a bundle. And you have to have a bundle if you want to save a couple dollars. So you bundle your internet, your television, and your phone, right? Not many people have a landline nowadays. But we have one because it's a third of the bundle. And without that third of the bundle, you're going to be paying more. So you cannot get rid of your landline. So basically your landline nowadays, folks, is just to receive robocalls. You know, and you can get a lot of those in one day's time. So we went and got a phone and we can block all these calls. So now we're not getting any calls and we're paying for a landline that just basically sits there in the kitchen doing nothing. And we also have outlets for it all over the house. I believe four stations. So we have Comcast. So we have a pretty much basic cable package. We have our internet. We have our cell phones. We have Verizon phones. So we're paying uh, approximately like $225 a month just to watch television and talk on the phone. It's outrageous, isn't it? There's no need for that. Cable is a signal. Telephone is a signal. The internet is a signal. These signals are just floating all over space. And they don't cost $225 a month. Not even close. But that's how it is, folks. And you have to go with it. Or you have no telephone. Or internet or cable. That's pretty much a car payment. Don't you think? Pretty close to it. So like I was saying, back to Bernie Sanders and his Medicare for all, it stinks, doesn't cover everything, nobody wants it. And they had Obamacare, which Nancy Pelosi says nobody read it. And she says, we have to pass Obamacare before we can read Obamacare and know what it's in it. I mean, that's like one of the most insane things that I've ever heard anyone say. But they all went along with it and passed it and signed it because when Obama was the president, the Democrats took over the House and the Senate, George W. Bush's second term. And then when Obama became the president, like I said, they had so much power. They had the House, the Senate, the presidency. They were arrogant. They would come on TV and they would say the Republicans could just stay home because it doesn't even do them any good to come vote yes or no. And we don't even need them to vote yes with us. So having that much power, they passed Obamacare. 
And if it's so darn good, then why did Bernie Sanders and all of his cronies immediately vote to exempt themselves from Obamacare? I mean, they have the Cadillac insurance plans, folks. They don't pay for nothing. All of these congressmen and senators, everything's provided to them. They never see a bill for anything. And now they're trying to shove Medicare down your throat because Obamacare didn't work. You remember, folks, the Vermont? They couldn't even get the website to work. It's insane, isn't it? Spent over a trillion dollars on Obamacare and they couldn't even get the website to work. Now they want to shovel uh, Medicare for all down your throats. And you know if it were to pass... Bernie Sanders and his cronies would again immediately vote to exempt themselves from it. So if you're listening out there, what I want you to do, regardless of your party affiliation, if you're Republican, Democrat, contact your representative and ask them, if you pass Medicare for all, Are you and your cronies going to vote to exempt yourselves from Medicare for all like you did Obamacare? Yes or no? And you're not going to get an answer, folks. But you know they would immediately vote to remove themselves from Medicare for all. Can't believe nothing bank fraud Bernie says, just like when he was running for president the last time. He's up on the stage promising free college education to the naive and the gullible while his wife Jane Sanders the president of Burlington Technical College was running Burlington Technical College into the ground their daughter was involved in it they were paying her $500,000 to teach a woodworking class isn't that insane? A technical college in little old Vermont paying their daughter $500,000 to teach a woodworking class. These folks should all be locked up in jail for the rest of their lives, folks. But like I say, there's people living a life of hardship and if someone is promising you a free college education free insurance, a free Obama phone. A lot of these people will believe it. And they'll vote for these politicians lying out their mouths like that to them. And you know, folks, you know that you're not going to see free education. I mean, some of these states like New Jersey governor passed a law in New Jersey that they are given free college education to illegal immigrants. How pathetically sick is that, huh? I mean, you get nothing. Your family gets nothing. But you get the bill. You know, they're bringing illegal immigrants into the United States 
and giving them free college education, free room and board, free medical, free dental. I see a lot of these people driving around, been here maybe six months in the United States, and they're driving like Toyota 4Runners, like maybe about four years old. You know, this is a vehicle with like a $700 a month payment. These people, a lot of them can't even speak English. They're not working, they're on welfare. So how are they getting a four-year-old Toyota 4Runner? And then I look on the back windshield and I say this big sticker that says UVM, University of Vermont. So I'm kind of thinking, okay, let's say you're teaching up to UVM. And part of your contract says uh, you get housing, you get a vehicle, like maybe a brand new Toyota 4Runner every four years. They might have a variety of cars that you could choose from. So, you accept the job, you get housing, you get a new Toyota 4Runner. And that four years, when the lease on that vehicle is up, or it's paid for, and you're due to sign another contract, maybe, and get another new vehicle, what do they do with that? Toyota 4Runner that you're not driving anymore. I think in the old days they would go back to the dealer to be resold or some of those vehicles would go to the state auction which is open to the public and you would have a chance to buy it. But then I'm seeing people that have been in the United States, these refugees for like six months can't speak English, they're not working they got three or four kids, which the average citizen in the United States can't afford anymore. And they're driving a four-year-old Toyota for uh, Roadrunner. So I'm kind of thinking maybe the college is giving these vehicles to the refugees. Put two to two to get the folks. Seems logical to me. Do the math, as they say, Louie. You're going to need to be doing that math as you get older. Like I say, folks, this is an opinion show, and it's my opinion, and I'm an independent. Always have been. Always will be. A lot of things that Democrats don't do that they should, and the same with Republicans. I don't like it for both parties. I see a lot of these politicians now are on the take. They're all representing crime. I mean, why else would people be putting illegal immigrants ahead of American citizens? Why? Somebody's paying them to? Are they being paid off by the crime world? Maybe some of these uh, reporters ought to investigate this. I don't know. Even when they pass the budget, they just passed the budget with a lot of Pork project in it. But, you know, they all got something in there and they all getting something out of it. They're all happy. And it says the legislation passed a 67 to 28 vote as Trump and his GOP allies relied on lots of Democrat votes to propel it over the finish line. Well, it sounds like they definitely got it, folks. 67 to 28. 
The measure which Trump has promised to sign would permit the government to resume borrowing to pay all its bills and would set an overall $1.37 trillion limit on agency budgets approved by Congress annually. It also would remove the prospect of a government shutdown in October, which they're always threatening, and then they'll finance it for another 30, 60, 90 days, and that's called kicking the can down the road, which every president pretty much does. Or the threat of deep automatic spending cuts. That's the alternative. So the administration and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Democrat of California, played strong hands in the talks that sealed the agreement last week, producing a pragmatic measure that had much for lawmakers dislike, and it does. But like I say, they all have their little pork projects in there. They'll take that money back home to their state. They'll look like heroes. But like I say, you're the ones paying for it, folks, at the expense of $1.37 trillion added to the deficit. It says President Trump did step back from a possible fight over spending increases sought by liberals and achieved his priorities on Pentagon budgets and the stock market soothing borrowing limits. Pelosi won remarkable Democrat unity in pushing a bill through the House last week despite Democrat divides on issues such as impeachment and health care. So see folks, if you're a Democrat and we have a Republican president, and you're hating on him all the time, all he does is sign it into law. What was passed in the House by the majority Democrat-controlled House. It's right there, black and right. Nancy Pelosi, Democrat of California, played strong hands in the talks that sealed the agreement. So, like I say, folks, you need to get your facts straight and say, the ball started rolling in the House. The Democrat-controlled House, Nancy Pelosi, Democrat of California, rammed it through. says right here, it's not just Democrats. Republicans are also guilty because the Republicans control the Senate. Once it passed the House, then it goes to the Senate, which is controlled by the Republicans. They approve it. Then it ends up on the President Donald Trump's desk. Then he signs it into law or he vetoes it. It says right here, many of the supporters of this debt deal ran around their states for years complaining that President Obama's spending too much and borrowing too much and these same Republicans now, the whole disingenuous lot of them, Republican and Democrat, will wiggle their way to the front of the trough. So like I say folks, regardless of who you are, Republican, Democrat, independent like me, can't always be hating on the president, whether it's Trump, Obama, George Bush, Ronald Reagan, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, because a lot of times it's your local politicians 
that are screwing you over and stabbing you in the back, right? You take, for instance, Church Street Marketplace. They tore down the Burlington Mall. They want to put this monstrosity of a building there, which is about 14 stories tall. Now, all the other buildings on Church Street are about two to three stories tall. So this thing's going to be about 14 stories when they're done, and it's going to stand out like a big, sore thumb. It's going to dwarf all the other buildings on Church Street. It's going to look ridiculous. Now, it's going to be all apartments, condos, office spaces. You're going to be in that building, folks, renting an office space. It's going to be very expensive. You're going to have a beautiful 360-degree view of the city of Burlington, the college on the hill, Lake Champlain. It's going to cost you a lot of money. You're going to have condos up there and whatnot. I'll bet each one of those is going to be close to $2 million when they're done. Some may be over that. But the city of Burlington is short right now over 600 parking spaces. Now, when you have a building that's 14 stories tall, and a lot of it is office space, you're going to need a lot of parking spaces, folks. You're going to have to go deep down into the ground for underground parking. You're not going to be able to sacrifice having two or three levels of shopping. Especially when nothing has ever been able to stay in that mall to begin with. And if you look at the history of the city of Burlington, you can go back decades. And I've read it right here on the radio. I've read it on your local television airwaves for decades saying how whoever owns the Burlington Mall, you will see in the news that they did not pay their taxes. So people will be upset. And they'll say, let's go after them and take them to court and make them pay their taxes. Then all of a sudden you'll see another article in the news saying how, oh, they sold the Burlington Mall. And they moved on. Well, do we go after them? Take them to court? Make them pay their share of taxes? No, we never do. And then the new owners, someday, you can count on it. You're going to be reading articles how they never paid their taxes. And then they sold the place and they moved on. It's repetitive, folks. It's how the city of Burlington operates. The taxpayers are always put in the bill. So like I say, the city of Burlington and the state of Vermont, they realize that. The South Burlington, Vermont, I mean the South Burlington Mall, you've read articles, I've read them right here saying how they've been in foreclosure for years. They can't recoup their losses. Nobody wants to buy that mall. They just keep continuously giving people a free ride. In the city of South Burlington, from what I've read right here on the show, they wanted to give that mall to the University of Vermont College to tear it down, to build a stadium, to hold their hockey games and whatnot. And they're even going to give them something like $48 million to boot to help build the new stadium. 
So I've said right here on this show, folks, knowing all of this, the state of Vermont went after Amazon. So now when you buy something on Amazon, you have to pay Vermont state tax. Nobody goes shopping in brick and mortar stores anymore, folks. Everybody's shopping online. And the state realizes that. And they don't care about the Burlington Mall if it's ever rebuilt. Because they're going to need the space for parking. Because the city already is short 600 spots. They don't care about the South Burlington Mall. So then, the other night on eBay, I bought something. And for the first time ever, I had to pay Vermont state taxes. So that tells you something right there, folks. That the brick and mortar stores, according to the politicians in the state of Vermont, are dead. They don't care if all the brick and mortar stores go under, bankrupt, out of business, closed down. They don't care. The proof is in the pudding. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Do the math, folks. Like the teacher says, someday, Louie, you're going to need that math. Do the math. So, now, the developer that's putting together the Burlington Mall, after they tore the old one down, there's just a big hole in the ground now, now they come forward and they say, oh, some of the investors backed out. Or they never did have enough investors. So it's just sitting there. So then what they do, I guess they sold their interest in it to a bigger company. And so now this other company saying how, well, we're still looking for investors. And now we're going to change the whole plans. We're going to downsize it a little bit. And there it sits. God only knows, folks, how long that hole in the ground on Church Street where the Burlington Mall used to be is going to sit there vacant, doing nothing. Because, like I said, you look through the history of Burlington, the Moran generating plant down on the waterfront burnt about 50 years or so ago. Still sitting there burnt. They got no money to tear it down to renovate it. You know, they've been talking about building the Southern Connector on Pine Street for about 50 years or so. Still nothing happening. And every mayor that comes along, Miro Weinberger, he's in his third term. Day one, he swore up and down. He's going to build the Southern Connector. Still sitting there, folks. Every politician says they're going to deal with the Pine Street Barge Canal and its pollution. Still sitting there, folks, polluted. Nothing ever happens, hardly, in the state of Vermont. But they sure do form a lot of committees. They sure do spend a lot of your tax dollars studying things. Because that's the world we live in, folks, in the year 2019. All these people have college degrees. All the jobs have left the country, but thanks to Donald Trump, they're coming back. But you know, these people, they'll sit in the office all day and they have meetings and they talk about meetings and they plan meetings and they go to meetings. I was talking to one guy, he's an engineer, 
works for a company in Vermont. Him and his people, they flew over to the United Kingdom to meet with people that want to buy their product. They could have teleconferenced. They could have emailed. But instead, these people got on a plane, flew over to the United Kingdom, had a meet and greet, had dinner, had a meeting for one hour, they said. One hour. That's it. Then he was telling me how him and his people, they flew over to China. It was like something ridiculous, like a 16-hour flight or something. This guy and his people flew over to China. They met with this company that they were going to be doing business with just for another meet and greet. Hey, how you doing? Nice to see you. You know, thanks for considering our company to do business with. That meeting was for two hours. You imagine that? Flying to China to meet with somebody for two hours when they could have called on the phone. They could have emailed. They could have wrote letters like the old days. They could have teleconferenced. That's the world we live in, folks. Spending all of this money traveling to China for a two-hour meeting. And then you complain that you can't pay your people a livable wage. Got to have a meeting about that too, right? Hey, we can uh, live a, pay our people a livable wage because we got to have all this money to travel to the United Kingdom for an hour meeting. And then we got to have this money to travel to China for a two-hour meeting. It's pretty insulting to the people that actually work for your company, do the physical work, build up the company, make the company what it is. It's insulting, folks. Definitely is. Where do you go from there? Joe's winding down. Got about five minutes left to go. My brother Peanut, aka Jerome P. Alimony, the founder of North Star Radio. He'll be taking over as he does every Friday, 8 to 10 o'clock. And I will be going home and starting my weekend. Usually on Fridays, we eat Thai food from a little restaurant in Winooski, Vermont. My wife has a rule. She doesn't cook on weekends. She doesn't cook on Fridays. And a lot of times she doesn't cook on Mondays. <laughs> Or Wednesdays. <laughs> Sometimes I barbecue outdoors. But there's just the two of us now, so it's all good. Support your local businesses, right? I'll support them, but there's one on Riverside Avenue. It's a barbecue place. It's right on the other side of the fence is a raw sewage treatment plant on Riverside Avenue in Burlington, Vermont, folks. You can Google it. You can get the old sky view. You're going to see two massive, open, raw sewage tanks. 
filled with raw sewage, millions of gallons. And right on the other side of like this picket fence, stockade fence, not a very good fence. Right on the other side is a restaurant that specializes in barbecue. You know, they smoke the meat right in the yard in a smoker. And all that sewage that's floating in the air, it's got to get sucked into that smoker, don't you think? And all of the meat in there is covered with fecal chloroform or SHIT. Nasty, isn't it? I don't know how a restaurant can be allowed to operate next to a sewage treatment plant. I've discussed this with people at City Hall and reporters and whatnot, but they all turn a deaf ear. But one thing for sure, folks, whatever restaurant it is, right now it's a barbecue. Before that was a Mexican restaurant. I would never eat there. And I would never recommend anybody eat there. No, sir. This article right here, judge sets tentative date for Jeffrey Epstein's trial. The pedophile who owns an island of pedophiles and all the rich people go there and don't even want to know, don't even want to discuss what goes on there, folks. But, you know, Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton have been there about three dozen times or so, according to the records. But it says, the soonest Jeffrey Epstein will stand trial on sex trafficking charges in June 2020 through his defense lawyers are pushing for a later date. The 66-year-old financier was back in court this past Wednesday for a pretrial hearing on the charges which accuse him of having sex with girls as young as the age of 14. Can you imagine that, folks? Unlike previous court appearances where Epstein was communicating with his lawyers and looking through papers, he appeared subdued with his hands folded in front of him throughout the brief hearing. Just as all of his pedophile friends before him have done, like Michael Jackson, that's what they do. They get a lawyer, they sit in the courtroom, if they even bother to go to courtroom, and they sit there and they say nothing. Because that's one of the things that's wrong with this country, folks. Whenever you commit a crime, and if they come to your house, wherever you are, to arrest you, they read you your Miranda rights. They have to. If they do not read you your Miranda rights, then they have to let you go. What a lousy loophole that is, right? So the Miranda rights are, when they knock on a door and they say, you have the right to remain silent. Anything that you say can and will be used against you. Isn't that ridiculous? Anything that you say or do can and will be used against you in a court of law to prosecute you to the full extent of the law. It's the first thing they tell you. Then they bring you to the jailhouse. Then you make a phone call. Then the lawyer comes and gets you out. A lot of times you're under house arrest. Or they'll give you a citation to go to court at a later date. Right? But this guy just might be sitting there till the year 2020 before he even sees a court date. Insane, isn't it? We're going to let you go, folks. 
I'm going to be winding up the show here in a couple minutes. It's 7.54. Probably do one last article before we leave. This is uh, says the countdown begins for the arrival of the Vermont F-35s. Those are the fighter jets that uh, basically nobody wants in the state of Vermont except for Senator Patrick Leahy and bank fraud Bernie Sanders. I sure don't want them. Yeah, they want that money. That's what it's all about, folks. I'm telling you. But this has been going on for years. And these people are still out there protesting it. And they're asking you to sign uh, petitions. I mean, the horse is already out of the barn, folks. I mean, those babies are coming here. You know, people had the option of selling their house over by the airport and they bulldozed them and they planted nice trees and grass. They got the heck out. They're smart. And now they're saying how they're going to put all these hotels over by the airport. I haven't heard much about it. It's just kind of a rumor. But I'm sure those people are buying your properties to have over there for dirt cheap, right? Mm -hmm. No doubt, man, I tell you. You could actually go to people who operate in the state of Vermont and do construction, whatever, and in their offices, they have a big old pile of blueprints of things that are going to be happening in the state of Vermont over the years and the decades. Sometimes things come around really slow in this state, but you know, the powers of the bee that have all the money that control the state of Vermont, they make it happen. Not for you, but for them. That's why they got that big hole in the ground on Church Street now that used to be the mall. And now that whenever you buy something on Amazon or even eBay now, you gotta pay Vermont taxes. So that goes to show you the mayor, the city councilors, they're the ones sticking you in the back. A lot of people say, no, it's Donald Trump sticking your back. No, it isn't. And it wasn't Obama, and it wasn't George W. Bush, and it wasn't Ronald Reagan, and it wasn't George Washington or Abraham Lincoln. It's these dudes in my player sticking you in the back. It's the people sitting on the city council. It's the mayor. Those are the guys raising housing. Those are the ones pushing you out into the street. Those are the ones that want to slap like a dollar a gallon carbon tax on you. You know, home heating oil. A lot of people can't afford to heat their homes. They need assistance. And then these people that come to Vermont, like Perg and whatever, they don't even live here. They move here. And they want to slap like a carbon tax on you and all these other nonprofit organizations. You know, Vermont is the number one state for nonprofit organizations. These people are just a bunch of bloodsuckers. You know, they get these federal grants and state grants, which is your tax dollars. And then they start all these committees and organizations and they're suing everybody so we can't have the Southern Connector, right? Can't clean up the Pine Street Barge Canal. But yet, these people that work for these nonprofit organizations a lot of these people are living in some big houses. And they got house cleaners, and they got people that mow their lawn, they got people that detail their cars. So you ask me where the part of the nonprofit comes in. Those are all my tax dollars, man, I tell you.
But like I say, you know, I've always been an independent. I'm not going to fall for that BS from the Republicans and the Democrats and the liberals and the whatevers, you know. It's not always the person in Washington that's sticking it to you. It's the local politicians right here. And if you ever want a better tomorrow, you need to get involved and run for office yourself. I've seen a lot of people with good intentions run for public office. But then all of a sudden, somebody pulls them in the corner and says, hey, I want to give you a donation to your campaign. Then all of a sudden, you see the dollar signs light up in their eyes. Ching, ching. Ching, ching. And guess what? You're in the game, brother. That's right. You know, the evil green-eyed monster got a hold of you. So we're going to take off. I'm going to leave you a song with Velvet Revolver. My good friend, Jerome P. Alimony, a.k.a. Peanut, is going to be taking over. So you stick around and listen to him, and I'll see you back next Friday, okay? And have a good weekend. Bye. Good brother.